0: This is The Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching Gambit Part 1. I'm Van Belding,
1: and I watched Star Trek The Next Generation when it originally aired. Hi, I am Gepwin. I was raised by a hard, hardcore, die-hard original series Trekkie, and she's the one that introduced me to Next Generation when I was a kid, so I have been watching Next Generation since it aired since I was two years old. <laughs> wow. And you're the co-host of Watchers of Tomorrow, right? Yes, co-host the other Star Trek podcast, Watchers of Tomorrow, and I also do uh, YouTube video game stuff under Gepwin, and you can find me as Gepwin anywhere, because it's the name I use all over the internet. Cool, cool. You ready to start? Yep. And three, two, one,
0: engage. So we start off in one of TNG's uh,
1: spirited attempts at a dive bar. Yeah, I haven't checked. I want to go now that we're looking at this. I want to go back and see if this is the same set because they seem to only have one bar. <laughs> I mean, they just make it dark, so they could all be the same. You don't know. It's probably not though. It's I, probably just. I I didn't realize until just now. This guy reminds me so much of the diner o- owner from uh, the Star Wars prequels. Look, this isn't a very good CD bar, but that's
0: just mean. <laughs> <laughs> so he has a little bit of dexter jetster in there yeah that guy's a name. little bit so i know not because i'm a fan of the prequels but because i'm a fan of red letter media well <laughs> i've watched red letter media a lot let's not go too far on anything so we're
1: starting with a little mystery here a mini mystery to intrigue us oh they're starting off the crew's not in uniform they're in a weird bar we have no idea what's happening they assume yeah. that Diana is a sex worker for some reason (laughs) i didn't get that i mean he's very codedly like oh maybe we could make a deal if i if i had business with you (laughs) i mean i think he's just hitting on her
0: generically Mm. showing how hard it is for women to start small businesses on the edge of federation space (laughs) (laughs) so I think it's the
1: writers going. She's pretty. Everyone else sees she's pretty and can't get over that. Like know, some aliens
0: just don't give a crap.
1: It's her only te- her only like character beat. Unfortunately, she's pretty for 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 a lot of the series. In season six and seven, she gets a lot better. Yeah, she
0: does. Yeah. So, um,
1: yeah. You know. But we don't we don't get anything out of this guy. I do like how Riker is so riker is so at ease in every conversation they really play up riker's (laughs) just charisma of like oh he's just at ease in any situation doesn't matter it's good but they're so bad they're so bad at covert ops because he comes up like commander it's like come on man
0: i mean look even spock didn't do that like you have to tell spock that what star trek Mm 4 or whatever but Worf here should know he should he should be writing a book on these covert ops But whatever. you kind of understand I yeah, you know, at some point when these TV shows do these sorts of uh intrigues, occasionally they have to touch the ground and wink to the audience and be like, hey, no no, we're, we're just playing. So we're just not watching this, a diff-
1: yeah. Just this beat this beat that they have about how he's looking for the person that impregnated his sister, it's so weird how like much old school misogyny they still layer into these episodes. Yeah,
0: and at least Riker seems a little uncomfortable with it. Yeah, he Worf does. Worf is like,
1: uh, why would you be angry at someone? <laughs> and so he concocts this really detailed mystery. Mm. And here again, they're so bad at covert ops, where Dr. Crusher pulls out a Starfleet-issue phaser.
0: Yeah, they're, they're near the end of their intrigue. Mm-hmm. Like, once the phaser comes out, I think I think the, the intrigue is up. But there are so many better ways... Like how even the seediest of D&D bar keeps would be like hey the, not only is this a secret I'm going to need I'm going to keep other people from telling this secret let the shadowy man in the corner give us information
1: He doesn't care like people just pulled out a weapon these people are obviously federation <laughs> He's letting I mean, this guy know. just get taken away even though he knows this like super secret they need to keep yeah, and it's
0: not on him if somebody tells. Like, I don't care how bad your mercenaries are; they can't be like, "I'm going to kill down this entire bar if you tell on us." Like, come on. <laughs> they just seem irrationally scared of these mercenaries. Who, no offense, ain't shit. Once we meet them,
1: I know. <laughs> well, I do feel like they're just—I don't like—they're just kind of bad at setting up these kind of intrigue mysteries this yeah. is very this actually is now that you mention it very D. this is like five people walk into a bar and you have to awkwardly <laughs> set up a mystery yeah so um
0: like and i just it's it, it gives us where we're going but in an episode which asks us about a lot of peripheral things like the 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 um energy shock collars and the the ship that can avoid sensor things the microcrystalline thing that they rig up later. Like there's so many peripherals here of a universe that we don't see. To to so poorly construct this
1: intrigue is disappointing. Oh no, the captain was vaporized. <laughs> yeah. This I still I remember I think it's just the side effect of having grown up with episodic TV and now yeah. being in the era of serialized TV. It, it always surprises me watching these old shows again, because I can remember the like, oh, no, what happened to the captain thought instead of what I have now. of Like, they're not going to kill a main character. yeah you're, you're just a jaded adult. I am just a jaded yeah. adult. It's
0: true. <laughs> so and I mean, it is people say that people say that it's like, oh, it's episodic. So, you know, they're going to be back next week. What's interesting is that they wouldn't just kill off Jon Snow off screen and have jaglum this isn't jaglum shrek i'm being racist against Euridians, but uh <laughs> and have you know a Euridian be like nope he died he got shot like they would they wouldn't kill anyone off that way regardless of your your era of television you know?
1: no i mean maybe if the actor tragically died in between episode filmings i mean yeah you're, you're paul walkers so yeah yeah um so you know
0: perhaps um but like, I think there are still rules to it, and so you still know the rules. Like, no main character is going to get killed off by a guy going,
1: "He got vaporized." Like, it's not gonna. Uh, no, they're gonna milk it. He's gonna show up later. They're gonna they're gonna make a whole like Boromir thing out of it.
0: Yeah, um, it's always got to be Boromir'd up. That's a great that's a great reference because that was a death that took a long time. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ugh. now I think Honestly, it's there it just... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say the, the orcs probably had an intermission. Oh yeah, they they actually did. You can watch and they just take a break for a minute to reload. Yeah. So
0: um so yeah, like like you know, your characters are gonna get boromir So be like, oh it's so unrealistic, you know. Like it's still unrealistic. You know, even modern prestige television
1: is still unrealistic because it has to have narrative value to the viewer. It's probably more realistic that someone just dies off screen and you find about it later instead of every single main character is there watching his slow death and speech about how he wants to live. You know, I'm a big fan of Tasha Yar's death and how it was handled. Like, it's a dangerous job, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a little narratively unfulfilling, but it's it's much more realistic to be just like she tries the thing. She's dead now. Oh, right.
0: Yeah. So this seems kind of frustrating because Deanna's right and then it treats her like it's a
1: 50 50 but somehow riker's right i don't know i think i think it's a mix she's right on the command side they don't really go into it she's very right on the the commander has to set a example for the crew because you're like the crew's dad now but yeah. she's all he's more right on the i want to handle my grief the way i'm handling my grief so it is oh, a bit is. mixed but she's definitely right as far as the how you should be handling this in front of the crew yeah i'm sorry like if if you want to be captain you don't get to handle your grief in private you gotta you have to go through the ceremony yeah go to the memorial i mean you can handle your grief in private but you also have to do the public show right and it's like if you don't want to do that resign from starfleet man it's your job
0: (laughs) so i still say he yells really loud this hit me
1: a bit because i'm i'm currently reading a book about america's obsession with positive thinking so when he's Mm -hmm. like i don't want to feel better i'm going to stay angry because it's an appropriate feeling (laughs) i'm like yeah you tell him riker
0: yeah like you can accept your feelings and channel them into something productive Mm -hmm. i think justice for picard is very uh is a very good productive way to channel that but if you're gonna accept he's dead he's dead I usually stick by Marina Sirtis's acting. This seems a little strong. I don't think anybody's bringing their acting
1: A-game to this episode. Not really. But, I mean, as far as yeah. an episode goes, it's such a... It's a very out-of-the-main <laughs> out continuity. Like, nothing that they do in here really matters for later. Yeah. Especially for the final season. So, everyone's kind of like, this is fun. This is fun. This is like a break episode. Maybe.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel that way. I Like, they have the fight and he's just like, Deanna... I feel like she stops a minute before he says DNA. <laughs> <to Ian. laughs> so, I mean, she's an empath, but at the same time, it's a pretty dark placey, so whatever. It it sets our plot on on track. It's it's working. Mm. It has a function.
1: Oh, close up of the Cosby Show guest star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she does okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. I didn't recognize her. I d- I had to check the. Uh, the notes for that to
1: recognize her me too but yeah. so. this is also more of the um you have two choices in these episodes and i think it's funny just looking at which one they do the admiral will come in and say you have to get back on mission and they go i want to look into this person's death or disappearance or whatever and your choices yeah. are they agree and then it just is odd that they let the federation flagship do basically whatever and or they disagree and then they have to do a big speech about how they're going against orders but they know what they need to do is right
0: yes mostly the movies though yeah if this was the movie the admiral would be like you can't do that and i'm gonna have your replicators make everything salty for a moment <laughs> and Riker's like "You go out and he'd be like all right guys we're breaking orders so whatever well Riker would go out but then picard or data would say it because it's the movies so
1: i do think it's kind of i don't disagree with the sentiment they're saying here i want to be like i'm not saying this because i disagree with it but i think it's interesting how often in star trek they do a i'm upset and i know it makes me not objective about the situation but that in fact makes me the best person to handle it instead of some version of we have to be super objective and unemotional about everything i mean they, they get they they pull from both of those buckets um
0: oh man as as we were we were talking about this in the pre-roll about the previous time we had to go to a seedy bar and riker had to beat up a ferengi like he was all hard uh (laughs) and now we're back to another scene with that
1: Yep. well they always just let riker riker can swing between the jovial oh he's everybody's friend and the i get to beat up the alien of the week i don't know like that would
0: play better if um If the aliens of the week were, like,
1: more formidable. Yeah, this guy looks very fragile.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right? It's like he beat up a small business owner last time, and now he's going to beat up a dude who's, like, afraid for his life. I mean, admittedly, he's kind of a dick, though. That's how it works, I guess. If he's kind of a dick, I mean, screw him.
1: Well, they do this, too. Everybody who's not in the Federation knows the Federation has to treat them okay. So as soon as they're on a Federation ship, they're like... Oh, I would like better quarters. These these just aren't vibing with me. You yeah. aren't gonna do anything bad. You're the Federation. Yeah, and it's like I hate that where it's like I, I get it. Like
0: it's reasonable for the universe to work that way. Okay. You have an island of goodness and people take it and people take advantage of that. Not always, but it happens, mm-hmm. especially for the seedier people. Um And there are people who very reasonably live their entire lives going how much can i get out of this and that's how they live reasonable but then we're like we're going to do violence to them but we need a flimsy social pretext a social contract for them to violate so we can throw them up against a wall i'm like i'm
1: not comfortable with that now this guy did some kind of smuggling and he's threatening to send him to the klingons who are probably going to like torture him to death because they're klingons and and none
0: of that requires physical violence. Riker could sit
1: down mm-hmm. and he
0: could say, you know, you actually have warrants out on, and he can say some plan and the the alien names get a little more Cleon as it goes on, and the guy's like, oh, and he's like, all Cleon worlds, and like he takes food from the guy's bowl, and he's like, so the deal is, you can talk to us, we can talk to the Cleons,
1: which you would know? be a lot more intimidating, because then like Riker is in full control of the situation instead of this weird. It, Riker shouldn't be so quick to anger. And then this bit, I mean, I like the way that Frakes acts it. He's got a lot of charisma as Riker. But this thing yeah. at the end of like, haha, I enjoyed beating up this guy. That was fun.
0: <laughs> why, <laughs> why warp six? <laughs> he says warp six like he just dunked on the guy. <laughs> 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 it's like a little too much. I, I just feel—I feel like all that violence is just a little insulting to us. Like we needed that. And like I get that Riker's angry. I get that that's important here, um, but I. It sells us on the fact that Picard is dead,
1: but like it it goes away. It's gone now. Like we don't talk about Riker being angry anymore. Yeah, now he's just now he's just fine. He's in a meeting. That's it.
0: Right. Our our character goes nowhere with that. Mm-hmm. So, I was shocked when I ran the data on this we're going to learn that these guys are offshoots of Romulans who are offshoots of Vulcans. Yes. And that whole timeline tracks the 2000 years ago, the offshootness, the Romulans leaving from the Vulcans. It's good.
1: Like it's it's a good detail. I'm glad they took care of that. Oh, just remember this for later that, um, data just said the captain has to stay on the ship or something bad will happen because they keep saying, this is something that they changed from original series where, you know, Kirk was always leading the away team and then in Next Gen like Picard is always staying on the ship. And now right. Riker's doing the away team leading thing.
0: Okay. There are a lot of times where Picard's like I want to go in the away team number one and Riker's like no you can't like this we talked about this. And he's like but I want to. And so he goes I <laughs> know it's not actually a regulation. They just go captain's prerogative. Yeah. Uh and Riker does the same thing here and uh Data was right about that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: super right but it, it gets us to a good story point
1: now so. i thought i always think this is interesting they keep doing ruins i like the kind of undercurrent that picard's a hobbyist archaeologist and that's why they keep getting yeah. to go to these ruins and things but these ruins are always stone structures with pottery even though they just said the like <laughs> these guys are an offshoot of the romulans who are a spacefaring civilization even at the yeah. time like they find ruins across multiple planets all of these yeah. guys are spacefaring but he's scanning what's obviously an ancient pot
0: yeah and, and that's a really good point like the the archaeological sites we see are the archaeological sites we would expect to see um you know it's it's the archaeology sites that we have here on Earth now with pots and dirt and things like that.
1: um now with with some modern stuff, now that we have the like green apocalypse sort of aesthetic taking over, you can get the like ruins like you see in horizon zero dawn, where it's like a futuristic society that's been degraded for a thousand years, and that's cool and interesting, yeah. but that's not anything you got in the nineties i i I bitch a lot
0: about fallout about mm. how the fallout universe the post-apocalypse takes place more like 30 years after the apocalypse because so many things are still intact yeah um but you know it is uh, pots we know pots last for thousands of years um you know a phaser a tricorder game boy
1: um you know my usb drive like i don't know how long that's going to last well, if you put it in dirt i feel like this this just shows you that in the future all these oh and Riker's knocked out now. It just <laughs> yeah. shows you that in the future all these space-faring civilizations have invented biodegradable plastic. I mean, I guess they have, which isn't a bad idea. Because yeah. you know, your Game so, Boy would last a thousand years. At least the plastic shell would.
0: I mean Game Boys uh was a bad example. Yeah. Those things do take a lick and keep on ticking. That I think there do. there's a a Game Boy from the Gulf War. Yes just that went through an fucked, explosion. And it's in a museum, yeah. But and still um, works. <laughs> But I mean, look, like just out of frame, there is a Nokia phone from the Dossier uh, Civilization.
1: But, you know, it's just
0: <laughs> they <laughs> um, stole several pots every, and a Zune. Every civilization goes through a Nokia phase, okay? <laughs> um, they make tiny indestructible cell phones. So um, this is the point which the plot feels like it's making it up just to
1: get away with things. Oh, yeah. Like, why can't the Enterprise easily find and chase the ship that is like... This is the Federation's canonically most technologically advanced ship by a mile. And it can't catch this little smuggling vessel? I mean, that that's the weird thing about this scene. I get that
0: it happens for story reasons. But... It's like, oh, they're going to go to warp 8.7. And they're like, F- that's nothing to us. Go do it. I like that data tacitly leaves the away team on the planet. Yeah. Um, And then it's like, okay, we're going to warp 90 F- you. And the other guys are going to warp 8.7. They're <laughs> fucked. And it's like, no, no, no. They, Because they went to warp before us, they got too far away from us. So now we can't sense them. It's like, yeah, but
1: we're we're going faster than them. So we're yeah, just going to wait a minute space something or other because you i know this (laughs) from technical documents because i'm a nerd you have to go to warp in a straight line they aren't turning like you can turn in warp but it puts a lot of like stress on the ship so they always go to warp in a straight line what happened is they're right next to the tokyo system so they got the tokyo drift oh (laughs) yeah
0: full warp went back in time a little bit it happens but yeah no that's just like oh bad guys got away juice
1: i mean i get they're saying like these guys exist in this universe as smugglers which means they need a way to elude the sensors that literally every law enforcement agency in the galaxy would have but it does kind of lead you with why do the smugglers have better technology than the federation
0: yeah uh and you know and it could just be like specific technology so like you know, like, I, don't, I don't question the rules of it. Okay, somebody built a jalopy that, that, that has cotton on the outside. So you can't, bats can't find it. I don't know, that was a terrible analogy. But, <laughs> like, I accept that you can do specific things um, really well. Yeah. Um, But on the other hand, it's like, you just get away because you're faster than they are, but they got too far away too fast.
1: Yep. And now Whatever. you can't find them, even though you must be getting closer yeah
0: so and then like you know one of one of my big beliefs that the federation has like all these races in it it's like okay our long range sensors don't work but these these people whose faces are upside down develop their own long range sensor technology can we try to adapt to
1: that instead so I right. i love this little character scene with data where he's like i'm captain now i need to do something where i'm looking pensive which is such a calculated move you just love it like i have to look like i'm doing something in commandy (laughs) yeah i you know this episode shows this episode the next episode show how much
0: data has learned over the years um and the way that he mimics picard's
1: uh, picard's mannerisms is so great yeah especially since you had his like first command not too long ago, in like the um why am I forgetting the name of the episode during the Klingon uh, Civil War?
0: Don't worry, I'm I'm also forgetting. I want to say Unification, but I also want to say Reapproachment, Redemption, Redemption, Redemption Part Two. Yeah,
1: yeah. and they made so, such a big deal about Ken and Android being in command.
0: Yeah, he's doing a good job.
1: Yeah, right. When we supposed
0: to the bad guy here is Richard Lynch, who's been in a lot of stuff, but the most. High profile thing I could find was that he was in Invasion USA um, with Chuck Norris, (laughs) which is (laughs) kind of a conservative wet dream where like all of the immigrants plus like all of the foreign countries that hate us get together for like one weekend of terrorism in the United States (laughs) and only Chuck Norris and a Ford F-150 can stop them. Oh my God.
1: Really, it is completely ridiculous. I I kept um, looking up stuff he was in because he's he's one of those actors that you see. And it's like I must have seen him somewhere. Yeah, he looks so familiar, but yeah, I had a not. A ton of
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: So oh, he was in.
0: Oh wait, I thought he was in Delta Force for a second, which is the truck doors movie. But no, he was in Total Force and Diamond Run. <laughs> I like so many random things. Halloween two thousand seven. Uh But yeah, no, it's um, Invasion USA is incredibly terrible and awful. And it's it's a complete Chuck Norris jerk off movie. And I could not recommend watching it more. (laughs) I mean, it sounds really, really funny. Yeah. And they got him and they're like, he went a
1: little overboard. He was a little bit. uh, A little bit cheesy, but he was fine for the role.
0: He's good. He's got to go up against Patrick Stewart. So,
1: yeah, I mean, they're doing this again where they're like they're setting him up as the like anti-picard captain because picard's lovable you look at the hair gets everyone good like <laughs> everyone follows picard because he's good and nice and everyone follows this guy because he has a torture machine right
0: um i think gene roddenberry said no pirates i was not aware of this rule um uh, because i watched the original series episode during to Babel* bell with the ryan pirates i know there's but, plenty of pirates <laughs> yeah i can see how he, he maybe when he went to tng he's like Oh gosh, is that is that a guy that looks like Captain Picard? Wow. Uh, also, I like Frakes, but this face journey—I know. Been done. Oh my god, a few more takes. How has that not been memed to death? You're you're better than this
1: Frakes. You're better than that face journey. <laughs> we spend so long with the space pirates in this, and with the CD bar and things. Yeah. Like I love it because this is something that they've done since since the first episode of original series since like the first pilot you have starfleet which is this like naval paragon utopia society everything else is buck rogers the entire rest of the galaxy is buck rogers <laughs> and and that's what they
0: said when they made this episode like we feel like it's kind of buck rogers but we don't want it to go with that that's against our tone this
1: feels kind of like a season one season two episode it does which i like because season one season two had some good ideas but they didn't have the budget and they hadn't quite hit their stride yet the style is awesome so i would have i would have really liked to see some of those ideas redone with with the way they were doing stuff by now in season seven when they when they knew what they were doing
0: this is a big rollicking adventure with like broad bad guys and laser fights and some some good intrigues, and the heroes doing clever things, uh I'd say I would enjoy it, but i it's okay.
1: I don't know why this episode doesn't excel. I know there's just a well, they don't really raise any particular questions. A lot of the stuff that made next generation so good is yeah. that it was it was more like dramas and character studies and things and less let's go punch the bad guy space adventures this is this guy's such a cartoonish villain he literally has a torture belt
0: yeah and i feel like there was room to give him a little more depth he is interested in keeping the crew in line without the torture belt as we see in part two um and I'm, like if he had a dog would that make him better <laughs> maybe i mean if it he worked painted, for would that the be okay? klingons
1: in the old movies they had a dog and we love the klingons D- does he need to quote goth <laughs> uh
0: i i it, it he doesn't do any of that though so it doesn't matter
1: yeah i mean he um he doesn't nobody on this ship has any motiva motivation beyond we want to get paid which doesn't really let you empathize with them at all like basically right. in today's economy when like yeah we just all want to get paid but beyond that it's they, yeah. they don't have any reason to do this they aren't ideologically opposed they can't have a giant right. moral discussion about anything I, and it would
0: be interesting if Picard's like, well, why do you do this? And, and he's like, well, you know, I tried to be like a baker on, on Boreth 1. And, you know, like the bakery market was flooded. The, the wages were... <laughs> the minimum wage hadn't changed in 30 years. What was I supposed to do?
1: I was the best baker in my village. And then one day the Federation came and introduced replicators.
0: Um, So it's like I had to retrain as a replicator technician. But like, I what I'm... Like... There are questions that you could ask for this, but I think you're right in that we don't have any questions. Things happen in this episode uh, in the next episode that don't really mean anything because there's no moral resonance.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. The entire episode is just fun and they do it pretty well for what it is, but it's certainly not deep or complicated.
0: But it's it's not fun enough. It's not clever enough. It's not deep enough. And I think you mentioned drama earlier, and I think... I've Star Trek, classical Star TOS and TNG as archetypes who are telling morality morality tales. And Deep Space Nine has interpersonal drama, which has a moral element to it.
1: Great work by Frakes there. Um, a
0: <laughs> little smug telling
1: off. Um, okay, sorry. But it, it, this, yeah. this, this is what I was going to come back to. Now Data's on the away mission. Yeah. After they've lost two captains from being on the away mission and he pointed it out now he's on the away mission
0: maybe data uh secured the perimeter because he uh read a book (laughs) on security
1: it was just like data too data has to go so by the book on everything and he went down as the commanding officer yeah
0: i mean they they chased off the bad guys that was probably all the bad guys there wasn't any unexplained interference so but this is how they keep losing captains this episode that is true though they do keep feeding commanding officers into unknown situations so um i kind of hate that that data knows all of this now that he's the captain he needs to turn down his usefulness
1: and everybody else needs to turn up theirs yeah they do data could basically run an entire ship by himself as we've seen i mean yeah yeah but it's like that's bad
0: writing um which I know, I know we're fated to do it, like, like Cassandra. I keep saying this, but I know what's going to happen in the next four Star Trek movies. Uh, but I'm just saying, you could put up. Worf could know this stuff. Worf could know things about Romulan history. He hates them. Yeah. Anybody like, could. Look, know I did this. The,
1: yeah, I did the math. Uh,
0: if you got, if you're four tenths Romulan, you're fine. The Derovians, four tenths. I'd kill them if they still exist. And was like, okay, Worf, we what's the weather pattern for the next three days oh yeah sunny uh i just
1: <laughs> worth could know these things is all i'm saying <laughs> but you were making a point about the drama in tng yeah. as compared to ds9 yeah. and later things
0: yeah and so a lot of prestige television is interpersonal drama yeah and i think this is interpersonal drama it's a load of it um but it's not the drama I think we're used to seeing on TNG, where it's like situational drama, yeah, where there are stakes and there are, um, there's a
1: situation, and there's a moral question that compels us. Yeah, I think a lot of this is there, there's a, there's so much much less interpersonal like there's interpersonal drama and there's interpersonal conflict in TNG. People talk about how there's no conflict in TNG, and that's why they don't like it as compared to like DS9. But
0: yeah. there's
1: a ton of conflict. They're just all competent adults who can manage their own emotions because they have a job to do, which yeah. you often don't even get in DS9. Don't, don't get that in the real world. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I'm sorry, when you you set me up for that one. You said they don't even do that in DS9. I should have said Odo. Oh, no. But um, <laughs> so like in this one, yeah. they they are doing more interpersonal drama stuff, and it's good. It's neat to see the character growth and interaction in this. But because they don't have like a broader external question or anything to actually debate, like they have differences of opinions. But the biggest difference of opinion we get in this episode is Worf going, we should blindly charge forward without knowing what we're doing. And Data going, yeah. that's kind of a bad idea.
0: Yeah. And they don't even interrogate that as a good idea versus a bad idea. They just say, Worf, what you've been doing is improper. We'll, we'll get to that in part two. Yeah. <laughs> um we have
1: a lot of character modes here that are super great i love almost all the character modes in here between our crew and i do kind of like this like you can see it just in the acting because you know uh, patrick stewart is such an incredible actor who like was wasted on american television basically but um Uh, i will i will die for avery bullock okay (laughs) please continue (laughs) (laughs) so you can tell like he's in this Life and death situation that he, as the captain, is not even often in because he's the captain. He sits on the ship most of the time. He yeah. loves getting to play with the archaeology toys. He does. Like you can see it on his face. He's like, I have artifacts to deal with. Look at oh, look yeah. at how happy he is talking about how he's got artifacts to study. It's <laughs> so great. It keys into his character perfectly. Like, yeah, I'm plugged into the torture chair, but I get to look at pots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just. I
0: can't think of a more structurally, of a more perfect Star Trek episode on paper than this one. If you're just going to want, if you're just going to cut loose and have fun.
1: Yeah. This is very, this is also very much like a, uh, this is like, like you said, it's a season one and two, but it also really calls back to original series where you just have a fairly uncomplicated villain. And the crew has to take care of that. I mean, Kirk and Spock could do this.
0: I mean, they did do this with Romulans.
1: Yeah, they did exactly um, <laughs> this. The The
0: Romulan commander was a little more complicated than this guy.
1: Yeah, like, a bit. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There could be some sexual tension between him and Riker. We they. No, I was I was going to go with... I mean, we,
0: we're going to get to that scene, I think. <laughs> this episode of the next one. <laughs> Where I'm like, wow, I knew Kirk was good at uh, seducing the bad guys to get out of trouble. Riker, I didn't know you were going to dip your
1: toe into this. Mm-hmm. But, uh... <laughs> we'll get there it is interesting and this bit too this could have been an interesting this could have been a really interesting character thing that they sort of get into because both picard and Riker want to keep them from killing everyone on this outpost without tipping their hand that they're still trying to work for the federation right but they only sort of do it. They don't really do anything good with this. This could be a really tense, like, oh my god, are they going to get found out kind of scene. Yeah. But at no point does does this dude suspect anything. Yeah, I mean, she does. the. I'm forgetting her name now. The, uh, she does. Romulan girl. <laughs> Romulan lady. Uh, Talera. <laughs> Talera. Yeah, she is constantly questioning, like, how do you know that? Yeah. Well... I mean, we have an interesting arc with her. Yeah, uh, which we don't really get much into in this episode, if I remember. No, I don't think so. But it's, um, it's good. I, 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 we're constantly working these
0: little schemes, and it just it doesn't work for some reason because there's I think there's so much, so many moving parts to them that it's it's we've we been so long establishing I think a very realistic dynamic of this ship's crew. That, like, it just, we just get bogged down because Picard has to like weave
1: lie after lie and pretense after pretense, and he's like, oh, yeah, and I don't think he does like like it's not he's not meant to be like a master manipulator or anything, but these scenes are kind of clunky because he just says oh, we should do this, and then the captain has to agree with them or disagree with them. What anyone knows, when you have to manipulate someone in this situation, you have to make it look like it's their idea. I mean, that's one way to do it. Um,
0: you know, uh, and to, to... If Picard could, like, lead him halfway there mm. with a bad plan, and then Baran sees the obvious flaw in it, alloys it, and then, like you said, take it as his own plan. You know,
1: like that, that'd be that'd be good you could do that too Uh because like like with this baran just looks incompetent the entire time the only reason he's in charge is because of his torture thingy and that's supposed to be part of his character but theoretically he like gained command of this ship for some reason
0: well i mean he's he's quick on the draw but baran uh baran was right they just blow up this outpost take their shit and go yeah it's picard who goes it could be really dangerous actually so he um he bluffs everybody into believing oh it's actually going to be really dangerous so we need to be clever here.
1: Yeah, and then you do actually do a bit of setup with her um Terrell like agreeing with him, being the only one who agrees with what yeah. we find out like in the next episode.
0: Like, because she becomes she's a wild card because she's respected by Baran.
1: So and now she has to test Galen. Yeah, now she's down here like why are you poking the bear, dude? Yeah. Valid question. She has a a piercing view of things. Mm-hmm. And it is true because he's like, like the way that he's acting, he definitely has a death wish. Yeah. But I mean, these guys are all
0: mercenaries and rejects. You know, they're on their fourth or fifth chance. So they're all like, gales just another fucking you have to deal with. Who gives a why he acts the way he acts? But she's like, no, no, no. Was way too smart to be this stupid. Which, big same lady. Met a lot of guys like that. <laughs> I mean, lady, they aren't. I mean, sometimes people are just really smart and really stupid. So. Uh, rest in peace, Herman Kane. Anyway. um <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, um. I mean, he is like the original COVID idiot,
1: isn't he? Mm. Yeah. See, they didn't. So s- yeah, they're trying to. Fig- they yeah. tried to set up. They did try to set up intrigue with this, but they didn't. Like, I think this is some of those stuff. I feel like now I'm just pointing out every place the episode fails since we were talking about it. Right. But, <laughs> n- this is where they could have set up more intrigue because they are like, you didn't think about it much before this point because they just it makes sense. They're stealing artifacts. They must. They must be worth something. But now you're like, wait a yeah, minute, why much. are they stealing these artifacts? And they try to set yeah. up a little bit of intrigue and suspicion with that, but they don't do much with it, really. Like they <sighs> I mean, tried to set they, it up. They have two episodes to set it up, but they, yeah. they kind of like run the payoff into the ground in the last like 10 minutes. It's just
0: so interesting that, like, this is a scene with intrigue, and it is people who are, like, trying to figure out what the other one wants, and they both have alternative goals, and you are intrigued about it, I think, the but thing, it just doesn't
1: work. It's, it's never tense, I think, is the thing. These episodes, these, like, story arcs, run on tension. You know that this guy's not who he says he is, and he's a character that you like, and you know if he gets found out, he's gonna get killed. So yeah. you should feel like he's in danger the entire time and you should be worried that they're going to figure out who he is or that she seems to already know who he is. Yeah. But they never really get that sense of tension down. They don't. And it's it's we like they're doing everything. Look at him. She's on to him.
0: Why aren't you tense? <laughs> mm hmm. Why am I not feeling things? I think
1: possibly because... I think it actually might have hurt them a little bit that they already did a he's dead fake-out. They started with the like, oh my god, the captain's dead, and then it's like, oh, he's not dead. Everything that happens from here is, is bonus. That's great. He's not dead. The worst thing that could happen is already fine.
0: That's an interesting thought. Maybe, yeah. So...
1: And then there's just a little bit of that too, just the, um, I actually think this is one place where they should have kidnapped someone else. Like you're supposed to like fear for the captain because he's the captain, he's the main character, but Picard is such a Shakespearean presence. He is 100% in control of every situation he's in and you never doubt it for a second. Yeah. So like even this, he just, just pushed a dude out of the way and took over the ship, and the captain who should be really mad about this is like, oh, that worked fine. Yeah. <laughs> he takes advantage of it. I I mean it's a
0: mercenary ship. You're allowed to push people out of the way. Mm-hmm. If 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 it pays off. I um I don't know, I and mean, Baran at least clocked to that, that guy delaying them. That's true. More pottery. Like, but like still, you're right. Like it, again, it just Guys, doesn't work somehow,
1: and Picard's plan only halfway worked. Mm-hmm. So, and now the Enterprise gets to DSX Machina its way in. I think they established that. <laughs> they they established why the Enterprise. They did, but the timing. <laughs> I mean, that's just <laughs> which is just TV, concede, you know. They have established yeah, it. Like, They've been doing a good job following both arcs.
0: Look, I'm just saying, if Link caught like. Uh, Diphtheria when he was a kid and died Ganon would rule Hyrule and then we wouldn't have any video games at least for that cycle yeah I mean (laughs) oh god they're psyched I don't know anything I've never I've played the one Legend of Zelda game that came on a golden cartridge and went into an NES. Other than that, I am ignorant <laughs> of, of all things Link.
1: The entire thing is just endless cycles of reincarnation of the same three people set up in Skyward Sword, which is what I'm playing through now with the re-release.
0: I saw Chasing Amy and I have a suggestion. <laughs> um, so <laughs> um, so yeah, I, you know, I think you need to have slightly fortuitous events happen for story style, oh you but. definitely do but so, you I also have don't.
1: to make fun of them
0: it is, <laughs> that's true it is internet so, law sometimes it's a little more conspicuous than others so what's clever here is i did not catch this at all until they explain it to us later yeah which because Riker's gonna be like hey stand down because that's my job it's kind of a callback to season two's Samaritan Snare, where the pack leads capture Jordy, mm. and Riker gives him like a coded message and a communique
1: to, to do weapons things. Yeah, that's true. They're always they're actually doing this a lot, which is it's actually kind of nice to see this same like thing over and over as like this is just a Starfleet tactic, and they all know it. Yeah, I I watched uh, the Orville mm. with
0: um seth mcfarlane which is after you get to about episode six of the first season it's, it's pretty decent it's a lot it's fun to watch um season two they have a big story and they do that kind of a thing in season two and then they like immediately subvert it and you
1: are fucking horrified <laughs> um
0: yeah no, it's, it gets surprisingly
1: good that could be interesting uh, i just couldn't i couldn't yeah. stand the way that they ham-fistedly stuck the humor into those episodes I, like I said, around season six, around episode five or six,
0: it actually gets good. Mm. Like, they kind of get their footing. Um, and it's still kind of bleh, but it's a, it's a fun watch. It's like Lower Decks. I don't know if you've watched Lower Decks yet. No, that's another one you get too. I, I started kind of neutral,
1: and I ended up slightly good on it. It was enjoyable to watch at the end. Now, I mean, so. they do this every two-parter. The Enterprise is about to get destroyed. Two-parter. <laughs> Okay, it's just the last... It's two of the last three two-parters, okay? Yeah, it's not so, every
0: two-parter. You're right. Yeah, and the chase was legitimately bad. This episode is just kind of... Eh. So So we've, we've gotten up here. Um, we are going to pick it up in part two. But um, final thoughts,
1: Gambit part one. Uh, it sets up a lot of stuff. I think this is the thing with the part one. You need to look at what it's set up and if it's interesting. And they have like... Three mysteries set up. They why why did they capture the captain? How are they going to get out of this situation? What's going on with these artifacts? And then they even yeah. set up a cliffhanger like, "Oh no, they like like did Riker betray the Enterprise?" Because it kind of looks like it, right? Which I, you don't believe for a second. You don't because they've set up that he's like he and Picard are in cahoots to like do this. But now you're like, well, yeah. it looks like they just shot one of them nacelles, cells, so. What's like, going I'm, on? I'm I'm trying to believe in the drama, in the dramatic journey you're leading
0: us on, which says, in spite of everything I know, I'm supposed to be believing that Riker's bad now. So, okay. <gasps> <laughs> it's, it's trying. It's oh, I trying. think
1: it sets up enough to be interesting, and it's enough to make you want to watch the second part and go, oh, what's going on with all of these things?
0: Yeah. If if nothing else, then out of a blanketly optimistic hope for a good payoff. Yes. (laughs) So um, we will see uh, next week. And until then, remember Rand. I'll make this short because... Everyone hates credits. Star Trek is property of CBS Television Studios. We are watching Star Trek The Next Generation on Netflix. We are talking on Discord. And we are recording and editing in Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder. The Beige and the Bold is hosted on Anchor and can be found on most podcasting platforms. Thank you to Patreons Tracker by Moonlight and Miss Jess for their contribution. I'm not always as focused on The Beige and the Bold as I should be, but they remind me that as long as this is important to even a few people, it's worth doing. Thank you all, and remember Red.